for the let's say for the good and for the bad okay but let's say everything so we have now the possibility to create both in the personal and the business level we have the possibility to create as a much at a much faster speed than ever before in the history of our lives you're listening to the leverage your incredible factor podcast with Danielle Jervy Harmon the place to be to leverage and scale a business that serves you financially and spiritually. I'm your host, spiritual business growth strategist, Darnielle J. Harmon. Join me each week for inspiring stories, powerful interviews, and business growth strategy to help you experience abundance in your life because of your business. If you are ready to play and pray bigger, let's get this party started. If this is your first time joining me, there's just a few things I wanna make sure that you know. Number one, I am not new to this, I am true to this. For more than 10 years, I have been growing businesses, period. I am the absolute best at combining spiritual principles with business growth strategy to turn entrepreneurs into multiple six and seven figure CEOs. And no, in case you were wondering, you do not have to choose. You can love God and make both loads of money. And I'm on a mission to create even more multiple six and seven figure CEOs. Oh, and we don't do hustle and grind, we do spirituality and systems. You might be wondering exactly what the incredible factor is. And if that's you, I invite you to go all the way back to our very first episode. I even give you a really powerful worksheet that you can download so that you can find yours because it is the key to beginning to leverage and scale your business. And I am tickle purple that you are listening in today. This episode is powered by the Grow Your Business Toolkit. If you are an entrepreneur who is ready, I mean really ready to take the lid off of what you have the potential to earn, you need the Grow Your Biz Toolkit in your life. Learn more and grab yours today at growyourbiztoolkit.com. I am so excited about this conversation that I have to share with you today. I have conducted a lot of interviews, not just on this podcast, but over the years that I've been in business and operation, I have talked to a lot of people. There have been few who have made me felt like today's guest made me feel. I still have chills. That's how powerful Angel Rebo is. Let me just take a quick moment and read a piece of Angel's bio. His bio doesn't do him justice in terms of who he is and what he does to shake the planet. But let me just quickly read a piece of his bio. Angel Rebo, known as the CEO Confidant, is an influencer, international TV host, public speaker, CEO consultant, board member, and philanthropist. In the last 19 years, Angel has empowered more than 1,500 CEOs in 33 different countries. He was born near Barcelona and has lived in eight countries and speaks five languages. Established entrepreneurs and corporate CEOs hire Angel to bridge the gap globally for expansion and exposure. Angel sits on the board of the Evolutionary Business Council, an organization with more than 350 global transformational leaders with a combined reach of well over 600 million people. Angel is based in Texas, and in early 2017, he launched his international foundation, Wisdom for Kids, and has helped more than 1,000 underprivileged kids in Latin America become entrepreneurs using their local resources. Let me just tell you, this conversation was so magically inspired. I hope that you feel what I felt when I was talking to Angel, because I know that he's got some good full, full food, excuse me, for your soul. 
if you listen in. Let's jump into my conversation with Angel Rebo. Angel Rebo, I'm so excited to welcome you to the Leverage Your Incredible Factor Business Podcast. How are you today? I am thrilled to be here with you. Thank you. It's what an honor. Thank you for having me. So we were just having a conversation before we got started. And what you guys don't know is that Angel has this amazing energy. You'll feel it as he starts to talk. <laughs> but he popped on to Zoom and we started our conversation and immediately he sent my vibration up higher. And I love being around people like that, Angel. So why don't you take just a quick moment and tell everybody who you are in your own words. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Well, I would probably say I'm a, a universal being having an experience on earth, if I may say this, say it this way. I was born near Barcelona in Spain. Uh, my mom and dad, you know, very humble people, very humble origins. They wanted me to learn foreign languages. They asked me or they, they signed me up for English classes and then French classes. So suddenly in the 90s, I felt, I felt myself I had to go somewhere else. I had to go outside Spain to do other things. And that started my international career. Fast forward, I left the corporate world four years ago to, to have my consulting business. But at the same time, and the reason why I left the corporate world was because I had this epiphany one day in 2015. I had this spiritual experience, really did in which it was very clear to me that I had, I had to help the underprivileged kids in Latin America become entrepreneurs using the local resources. Mm. So that's basically who I am. So I, I, I'm kind of a very empathetic guy that uh, I consider myself just a conscious conduit of mm -hmm. everybody else's greatness. So when you said that you saw me like with this energy and vibration, it's really who I am, but it's also... It's also a reflection of yours, Darnielle. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, that would not exist. So it's definitely, you know, a reflection of who, who you are as well. Yeah. You know, so, um, and, and you've been so long doing what you're doing with your podcast that you've probably, you know, helped hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people already yeah. with your message and with the greatness of the people you brought to your show. So thank you so much for allowing me to be a small part of it. Well, I'm, I'm just excited. You just said two really, really powerful things as you were introducing yourself that I really want to pull on. Please. Um, I, and I love talking to people who have had a corporate experience, right? I left corporate America in 2004. I woke up December the 17th, 2004, and I knew that that was my last day. I had no idea what I was going to do. So I didn't have the epiphany that you had that you needed to go and work with these underprivileged Latin kids. But I just knew that I was no longer built to sit behind someone else's desk. And it sounds like you had that same exact moment. So talk to me a little bit about this epiphany. Like, like it didn't come out of nowhere, I assume, right? It, it was no, probably exactly. sudden to the people you worked with and for, but it was totally. not sudden to you. So tell us a little bit about the journey to the epiphany. So it, it's, it's funny. So picture this, okay? So I was in the UK working for a large software, American software corporation. Uh, I got a training, a bootcamp, sales bootcamp in Boston, Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. And then I had two weeks of vacation after that. So I said, okay, I'm going to stay in the American continent and uh, I'm going to have a vacation in Mexico and in Cuba. There I go. I had never been on those specific places. I had never been in Cuba before. And suddenly I got this calling that I have to go and live. I have to go and live in Latin America for some reason. I had no idea why. 
I got back to the UK, I said to my managers, American managers, I have to go to the America, Latin America to live. And they told me, you are insane. You are in London. You're making this much money. You're in the first world. You want to go to the third world to work? Come on, you're crazy. No, no, please help me do that. And they said, of course, you're such a great guy. We love what you do. Let's take you there. So when I started to work in 2001 in Latin America, all over the continent, Every single time I was serving one of my clients, which was one of, let's say, mid-sized, large corporations, all of them manufacturing corporations, guess where all those manufacturing plants were? Were in suburban areas, even in rural areas, surrounded by pockets of poverty. Mm-hmm. Literally, like full. So every time I was going there, either with a cab or either with a rented car, whatever, every time, guess who would come to me in Latin America? Kids. Yeah. Trying to do what? Hey, could you buy me gums? Could you buy me some, you know, lollipops? Could you buy me some suckers? Could you buy me? Could you could could you give me some money if I kept your car safe while you are inside the plant? Right. So fast forward, that was in 2001. Imagine, you know, for all those years traveling constantly to all the areas in Latin America that you can you can think of, seeing all these places full of poverty. In Latin America, there's right now 154 million kids. The last statistic I got from UNICEF is that there are 81 million kids in Latin America that live in poverty. 81. I literally saw in those years, since 2001 until 2015, literally I had seen thousands and thousands and thousands of kids coming to me and saying, please help me, help me, help me, help me with this. Mm -hmm. So that was the origin. One day I woke up, I was in Mexico City, in this luxurious hotel, right? Protected from anything and anywhere and everybody. So I was there, I woke up, I was extremely tired. I went to the shower of this hotel, this fancy hotel, and suddenly I started to cry like a baby. Mm. I couldn't stand the emotion. I had like this incredible rush. I'm having goosebumps right now as I'm explaining it to you. Sorry to make this story so long, but that's that's, that's what take me, thank you. So I was in the shower, I couldn't stand, so I I really, I literally, I had to, I I fell into my, uh, my knees, crying and crying and crying and seeing all those pictures of all those kids I had seen for so many years. Mm -hmm. So many years seeing those kids that have no chance in their lives that would keep on doing the same things over and over again. And I said, okay, so Angel, come on, picture this. You've been exposed to all those kids, but at the same time, you were so blessed, so blessed that you were going to those places and talk to the CEOs of those corporations Mm -hmm. who are the top guys, you know, people that have really the power economic, financial power of, you know, conducting the lives of all their employees, families and everything. So I said, in those so many years, in 15 years, I have developed this relationship with the top tier business people in Latin America and government, by the way. And at the same time, I have been, you know, exposed to all those kids. So I said, and I saw all those pictures coming to me. So it was very clear to me that I had to do something about it. Mm-hmm. And it was when the idea of wisdom for kids came into fruition. Wow. I love it. I love that. I love that you could be a conduit, like that you could be used and you were open to be used for an immediate need right then and there. And that you accepted the call. Because mm-hmm. how many people do you think, Angel, have moments like that? Maybe not as intrinsic as seeing this for you know a period of however many years 15 years that you were seeing it how many of us have those moments when we know we're called to something greater and because of fear 
because we don't want to give up our cushy lifestyle because we're afraid of what people think. We don't do anything. So I applaud you for saying, you know what, this is bigger than me. And there's no way in the world that I can ignore this because there are so many people who wouldn't possibly do that. And I would venture to say that in the four years that you've been out of corporate America on your own, doing this work for wisdom for kids, not only have you been abundantly blessed financially, but the rewards have so encompassed your entire being. Yes. Absolutely. And the best is yet, yet to come. Yeah. I tell people all the time, like, and until you adopt an attitude of giving and benevolence, you will not experience millions and billions. Like there's just, it's, it's going to continue to escape you because you're not constantly putting out way more. Like if we want to go biblical for just a second, right? The mm -hmm. Bible says when you give, what you'll receive back is shaken down, pressed together and running over. It will be poured into your bosom when you give. And so you're a living example of what happens spiritually when we take on a cause that's greater than ourselves. which I love. I love that. I love this work that you're doing. I love that you accepted the call. And it sounds like you didn't look back. True. Obviously, it doesn't mean that the journey hasn't been bumpy, okay? Right. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, obviously, there's been ups and downs. But let me add something. We got biblical right here, right? So let me, ask, let me add something else. Uh, uh, ask and you shall receive. Yeah. Ask and you shall receive. Right. So behind that, behind that surrendering to what my greater cause was to be a conduit of trying to connect those super powerful business strategies and everything to the poorest people on earth or in Latin America. Right. So obviously you have to be there, but also you have to say, okay, so this is what I want to do. I'm going to surrender to it, but then ask to receive, ask to receive, because there's this guilt. I don't know how many guests you have had that, oh, come on. I mean, I remember when I was a kid. I mean, I, I love mom and dad to death, okay? So they're still alive in Spain, great people. I mean, I, I adore them. But I still remember that they would, they many, plenty of times they didn't want to go to some friend's house in order not to bother them, mm. in order not to be a burden, just to visit them for a weekend or for, yeah. for a few hours. You know, and obviously it's because of the love, right. the love that they felt for these friends of theirs or relatives. But at the same time, it's funny how this unwanted consequence was in me. Like, don't ask, don't ask because you might bother someone. Don't ask yeah. because you might be, a, you be, might become a, a bug, you know, a, a nuisance. But the reality is that when, once you are okay with what you have and you start asking, you start to receive, Danielle. Angel, listen, if you were here, I would smack you. That was so good. That was so good. Let's run that whole thing back. For those of you who are listening, in case you missed what Angel just said, he said he basically just gave you the formula to experience the best that life has to offer. And, and what I want you to catch is that we're not talking about materialism per se, but your ability to experience materialism above all you could ever ask of, think, or imagine, which Ephesians 3 and 20 talks about in the Bible, is this principle of surrender. You've heard me talk about surrender so many times, right? So lifting your hands, taking away the need to be in control of anything is my definition of surrender. And then because you are in a state where you are willing to lose control, 
to ask for what it is you believe you most need in order to live that surrender. Oh my gosh, Angel, I'm telling you, I I am like, I have chills right now. Like, remember you had your goosebump moment a moment ago? I have them right now. And that's always a clear indication that God is here. Me too, me too, right now. Oh my goodness. Me too, me too, right now. Right now, this is, this is an epic moment, Danielle, honestly. This is so powerful. It is. It is, it, it, it is incredible. <laughs> and what I'm blown away by, Angel, is the simplicity of it. We, we're, I mean, okay, we run seven-figure companies, right? So we're, <laughs> we're over here thinking about the next big strategy that's going to make us a whole nother million dollars, when right now, all we really need to do is surrender, then ask. Exactly, exactly, exactly. This I'm very much on social media, the same as you, Daniel. Let me tell you something. You said that you like corporate America people. So let me tell you something that it was subscribed by three different people that like comment on my post this past two two days. Mm -hmm. They both said, they both said, CEOs and business leaders today, many, very many of them are in fear and they don't know what to do. Regardless of the size of the companies, they live in uncertainty, excuse me. So this is where we can, this is what we get into the picture. This is where we as, as leaders in the world, where we have to step in and say, hey, don't be so hard on yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't be so hard on yourself. Be compassionate. Put compassion in the forefront of your strategy, both personally and with your team. Mm. Don't try to row against the stream. Mm-hmm. Don't try to row against the stream. I mean, we, as you know, I mean, I, I, I don't see that probably, probably our parents or grandparents that went to, to war, maybe they faced something like this, but you know, the level of uncertainty around us is kind of gigantic, right? Yeah. But the question that you and I, I mean, I say you and I, because we both are, we both believe that there's a better world and we are contributing to that to improve yeah. the world every day is that it's not that if we are on side A or side B, it's like, how can we lay bridges? Mm-hmm. How can we put those bridges, build those bridges so everybody's going back together? Because we need this today. Right, we absolutely. Need, we need this today. And that's part of business as well. The future of business is collaboration, Daniel. Yeah. It's, col- it's collaboration. It's collaboration. And obviously, to, to get to the seven figures, you first go, you know, three, four, five, right? Six, seven, right? So it's, 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 a, it's a step by step. It's, it's, you know, it's a step by step. But to start from scratch, sometimes we are afraid of giving mm-hmm. for free. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes we even think, oh, my God, I'm giving so many services, so many coaching sessions away for free. Oh, my God, I will never be able to charge anything. Right. It's so not true. Right. It's, it's all here in, the, in our mindset. Because if you, if you truly believe that, I, lo- I love this quote. I probably quote it at least once a week. It says, if you believe that you have to work hard to deserve the money that you make, then you, money cannot come to you unless you work hard. Financial success or any other kind of success is not about hard work. It's about an alignment of thoughts. And so mm-hmm. for those people who are listening, who have this, fallacy and misbelief that giving is the antithesis of success. That's why you don't have success. I I pride myself in angel on over delivering. 
Mm -hmm. I pride myself on giving so much more than people invest in me to access. And I love it. It makes me so excited. It's like sunshine and rainbows for me. I love every single second of it. I love giving out to, to the community. Like literally today, like I, I literally, when I'm, when it's time for me to make my tithe every week, I ask God, who do you want me to bless with this money? And whoever he drops into my spirit, I give the whole amount. I literally wrote a check today and put it in the mail to an organization that I've only barely heard of because that's where God said he wanted me to give. And I mm -hmm. love it. I love giving. Nothing brings me more joy. Nothing. Exactly. And, and, and to, to, what I was, to, to what you just said, to, so what you're doing, what you're actually doing, doing what you just described, you're actually rowing in the same direction of the stream. So you're going to get there faster, Danielle. Oh, that's what you did. That's so good. You're going to get there faster because you know it, because you've done it before, because you've sensed it, because you felt it, and because you know what's going to happen at the end. And that's the big mistake that we are all humbly, okay, respectfully making today, trying to row against the stream. No. We are all brothers and sisters. We all love each other. We've always loved each other. It doesn't mean we think the same way. Right. Let's go back to that place of understanding and rowing in the same direction, rowing in the same direction, supporting each other, yeah. regardless of what happens around us. And again, it's a matter of, I really believe that things are happening much faster today. Oh, totally, yeah. totally. Absolutely. You know, for the, for the, let's say for the good and for the bad, okay? But let's say, Everything, so we have now the possibility to create, both in the personal and the business level, we have the possibility to create as a mat, at a much faster speed than ever before in the history of our lives. Yeah. That's what we have in front of us. It's a huge opportunity to transform ourselves and transform everybody around us all together. Yeah. That is I mean, so good. Ugh. No, please, I mean... As you said in the beginning, I mean, it, it was just meant to happen today, uh, Danielle. It's, it yeah. is what it is. Absolutely. We're both surrendering to it. <laughs> and, and that, I mean, that's the beauty of it. And if we could just get people to surrender. I interviewed Patrice Washington. She's actually on the podcast this week at the time of this awesome. recording. And she said this quote, and it, it, like, like I'm having the moment we're having right now is the moment I have with her. She said, I'm committed to the vision but I don't care how it happens. I just stay and surrender. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like we have a responsibility and I wanna talk more about what you're teaching these kids in your program to, to teach babies about surrender. Like I, I, haven't, I haven't shared this publicly very often, Angel, but my mom went to jail when I was eight. And so I was raised by my father and I, one of the, the causes that I give to, well, actually, there's several causes inside of this, but I give to the children of incarcerated parents Absolutely. because I made it out, right? My, many of my brothers and sisters, they didn't make it get out of the struggle. And I know that the statistics say that if your parents were incarcerated, there's this greater percentage likelihood that you too will be incarcerated. And so I like to give back to that particular um those types of organizations because it, it, it feeds a part of me because I was able to come out and be successful. And so when I think about the body of work 
that I do through these agencies that have made it their mission to work with these children and my ability to gift these kids with the gift of confidence. But I think even more than that, what I feel like I'm going to start doing now as a result of our conversation, it just clicked for me. I want to teach them about surrender. Mm -hmm. And more importantly, Angel, I want to teach them to surrender and then ask. Mm-hmm. because I believe that that is the magic. And if we could just, I believe, you know, before we're seven, who we are and who we're going to be is formed. If we can get to children with, before they're seven, especially children in poverty, right? Because the likelihood that they're being taught and learning about abundance mindset and they're being taught about things greater than themselves is just probably not possible because their circumstances are what they are, right? If we can get to kids before they're seven years old and we can teach them surrender, we can teach them confidence, we can teach them these lessons that are so powerful, we have the ability to shape who they'll become. Whether that is to become entrepreneurs, like in your program, Wisdom for Kids, or whatever it is that they grow up to be, we'll give them the confidence, the fortitude, the belief within themselves that anything truly is possible because that's not what they're seeing day in and day out. All they are seeing is everything stacked against them. So we have the ability to really, truly change the world. I think about Whitney Houston and the greatest love of all, right? The children are our future, right? Teach them well and let them lead the way. That's what we have the opportunity to do if we can get more people to understand this concept of surrendering and then asking and then passing that along to the young people in their lives. Man, that's powerful. So you had, an, you had a captive audience right now to speak to entrepreneurs and small business owners that have the ability to go out and influence children and the lives of children. What would you tell them? Like, what would be the, the steps that they should take if they want to instill wisdom in our next generation and create an environment that breeds abundance and collaboration and success that is completely different than what mo- much of the world thinks success is? What would you say to them? Well, the most important thing I would tell them is allow all those kids to be themselves. Mm, that's good. Allow those, all those kids to be themselves. We spend as parents, I have, I have three kids, okay? Mm-hmm. And that's my continuous challenge. And I tell you, my kids ask and ask and ask and ask. <laughs> and, 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 you know, most of the t- parents we would say, and I remember myself even when I was a kid, stop asking, mm-hmm. stop asking. So... The number one thing I would try to instill in every business leader or manager or business operator out there or entrepreneur is try to make, try to have all those kids find who they really are. Mm -hmm. Try to make them be with themselves. Try to start a journey of introspection. Mm. Let me tell you a very simple example. When we were starting to think about what kind of, what kind of uh, workshops we would be delivering to those kids in Latin America, knowing that their families, their communities would be so impoverished. And obviously with impoverishment, there's always, with poverty, there's many things socially and economically around that. Mm-hmm. Lots of problems, you know, abuse and bullying, all, all those other things. So we decided that our workshops would be, would be, based on the foundational principles would be jumping, singing, playing, exercising, mm-hmm. dancing. And 
we give away, we, 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 we give basically two hour workshops, okay? Mm -hmm. And obviously needless to say, and you, you just said it, our favorites are the really young ones for right. obvious reasons, right? They're the most close to, to what we should be all of us, right? So the most powerful between those, within those two hours, the most powerful 20 minutes are the 20 minutes in which we do a meditation. Mm. Those kids, they've never done a meditation. They don't know what the meditation is. So the first time we were piloting the project and the workshops, we were, we were afraid, obviously, we're adults, so we were afraid, right? We, were, we had all those limiting beliefs. What's going to happen if we try to have those kids meditate and they come with all those problems with those families and this, you know, blah, blah, blah. Guess what? They were meditating naturally wow. with, on, with only a couple of instructions. They were all inside themselves, eyes closed, eyes closed, their hands in their, in their uh, laps, Mm -hmm. just following mentally our affirmations. Wow. It was incredible. We're talking about chills. Give me a break, Darnell. <laughs> give, me, give me a break. I mean, it was so powerful. So those kids, and the younger the better, they are natural into meditating. Mm -hmm. And then obviously those 20 minutes are very strong affirmations that we right. share with them. I am infinitely powerful. I can become whatever I want to. And all these affirmations. So at the end of the workshop, these kids, you know, these kids, I, I'm not going to say obviously they are a program, but they, these kids for the first time, we've opened their lives and their brains and their beings to something that they never thought existed. And we obviously, then we have some anchors. So we leave them with some booklets and some things and they can contact us and connect with us. And obviously the, 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 um, community leaders, obviously, they, they can contact with us and we keep on contact with the, the parents as well because obviously the parents with the snap of the finger can delete right. everything we've done, right? right? Exactly. I mean, you, yeah. you know that. But I would also like to share something else to add to this point because we go to suburban communities, we go to rural communities, and we go to indigenous communities. Okay. The most magic moment happens when we go to indigenous communities. You know why? Because they have not conditioned they have not been conditioned, excuse me, right. mentally with all the preconditions that we have in the urban world. Right. If, if you know what I mean. So they are so, they are so attached to the environment, the trees, the jungle, the forest, the woods, the, 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 the vegetables, the, you know, the coffees, the stones, the pyramids, if, it's a, if there's a, you know, some yeah. know, Toltec or whatever, or Incas or Mayans. Uh, so... That, that's why I said what I said about what's the best piece of advice. All those kids have an innate, oh, yeah. incredible greatness. And they came to this world to do amazing things. Yeah. To, to help us, limited believed parents, to help us see that there's something else possible out there. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I think about... The, the scripture, Jeremiah 1 and 11, is one of my favorites. Before you were formed in your mother's womb, God knew you and approved you, right? So before these babies were put in whatever family they were put in, God gave them everything that they needed to come into this earth and shake things up. And only because they meet their parents do some of them not actually do what they were sent here to do. Exactly. Exactly. So who are my best teachers in my life ever? after having gone through college and everything, 
my kids. Yeah, I was gonna say kids, yeah. <laughs> By far. Yeah. After, after my kids, the kids that we help in, in Wisdom for Kids. Yeah. All of them, all of them, they all bring this amazing nature, amazing happiness, willingness to do things. Obviously, there's some kids which are obviously going through pain and suffering really yeah. deep. And then we have to still, you know, work and, and we do it because, as you know, passion and enthusiasm is contagious. Oh, yeah. That's, that's how God wanted us to be. Absolutely. I was just about to say enthusiasm, is, it means God within. So, Ex yeah. Exactly. So even those kids that are going through so much that we don't know what it is, we don't know what their tutors or parents are, go are doing or going through, regardless there's always a way to bring these kids and to bring, to, the, to bring them to that place in which they can still, they can still tap into their own greatness yeah. and, become, and become, you know, because again, success is, is also a relative term, right? What is right. success? So I, 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 I too believe that actually kids are put in our families and, and they picked us, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely believe that. And I love how you're using something so simple, right? Those of us who are awakened, right? That understand the power of the words that we speak over ourselves, reciting affirmations to create and expose these kids and expand the paradigm of what's possible for them, right? It, it's, it's even, even though some of these people will go back, some of these kids will go back to families where it's not reinforced unless you guys come on a consistent basis that seed that is planted it only needs a little bit of water down the line from someone else to grow and change direction on the route that attempted to be established like that's the beauty of understanding the role that we all have the ability to play when we allow people to as you said i love the words you use to start a journey of introspection mm -hmm. And when we go, some, we try not to go twice to the same community only because, I mean, 81 million, okay? So right. 81 million. So that's, you know, that's how much we can do all together with all our volunteers and everything. But they, when they see us, when they see us in, in the community again, hey, you know, they remember us mm -hmm. because they had this unique experience. Yeah. What's this gentleman that I don't know of anything? And he's jumping in front of the house, of the of, of the hall of the of the room. He's jumping up and down, and with this with this music. Well, who's this crazy guy? You know, cringy adult doing this in front of of you know in front of us. But guess what? It doesn't take five seconds to those kids to jump up and down with me. Right. Not five seconds. They are into you know. It's 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 the beauty. It's, it's the place where we should all be all the time with our kids. Yeah. Because that's where you can make the most of this, you know, all these uh, talents that they brought with them when, when exactly, when they were inside our, our mom's womb. Yeah, that's so good. I think it also makes it easier at that young age to grasp the concept of surrender. Because in a lot of ways, that's what meditating is, right? It's it's releasing the need to be in control for that period of time and allowing for there to be a different possibility of what's next and best for you. And so you are in the simplest form teaching them about surrender and inviting them to indoctrinate that into their own practice, which I think is really, really powerful. I love that you give them anchors 
so that they have something to take away from the experience to bring them back to the way that they got to feel when they were allowed to be themselves in the most natural of circumstances, right? Without any limiters, without any misconceived notions or um, potential things taking away from who they would be if they were free to be themselves. Mm -hmm. so I just, I just love that. I think it's, I think it's so powerful. And I think we can all just learn so much from looking at children, spending time with children and finding a way to get rid of all of our inhibitions to be like children. Right. Like, I, I love it. I mean, I, I think about my, my brother and his wife. They have a six-month-old. Or se actually, he's seven-month-old. And they came to visit on over the weekend. And he is fast. So he's just crawling, crawling now. And so we put him down, and he starts crawling. And he's like, shoom, he takes off in, like, no time. And he is not afraid of anything. So he's pulling on stuff like, well, let me see what happens when I do this, right? And we, of course, are all around him, like trying our best to shield him from himself instead of just allowing him the opportunity to explore and find the lessons that are waiting for him, which is why I think I love the work that you're doing with these kids so much and, 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 and the rewards that you get from just getting to spend time with people who, or with little people who in the simplest of forms are just being being free who they were created to be. You can't imagine how much we all now miss them because obviously we cannot go visit yeah. those communities right now, but totally and totally. Yeah. And obviously we haven't spoken about this, but we are extremely, since the very beginning, we were extremely cautious about identities and names and all these kind of things. You know, we don't have any list of names. We don't have anything. Right. No, we, don't, we really don't keep track of anything because we want to make sure that everything stays in the community. And all this atmosphere, all this new environment stays in the community. And, you know, and these kids have their own opportunity inside the community of make a difference. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's really a blessing to be able to, to, to be working with these kids. Um, one day, I, I obviously, you know, we all have, probably you have had the same kind of, path, right? I mean, when we start being exposed online and everything, sometimes people throw at us some like darts. Right. <laughs> and they throw at us some things that, oh my God, that person is saying that publicly against me or against my organization. Oh my God. Oh my God. I remember one guy that said so many bad things about us, say, before you go to Latin America, why don't you stop raising money and you spend more time in local communities helping kids? And I have to say, I mean, the only thing I would say, I, 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 I was able to say is, number one, I love you. I love you from the bottom of my heart. I hear you. I fully understand. And actually, I, I agree. And I know that this is happening, you know. Mm -hmm. So please let me know how I can help. Mm -hmm. So if I can use and if I can translate this or I can use maybe there's 60 million Latinos in the U.S. alone. So if I can help any Latino communities or if I have to translate my program from Spanish to English, to help local communities, let's do it and let's do it together. You know, because it's it's it was easy for me to say whatever. But right. again, in fact, that was a message from God saying, make sure that you're looking at you as much as you can. Right. Not only at the south of the border, right? Yeah. That was that was the message I got. So again, I could have 
I could have been rowing against the stream, but no, I decided to row in the same direction of the stream with that gentleman that said that. And it was an opportunity for me to reflect and, to, to, right. and for, for the board of Wisdom for Kids as well, because we actually had this, this conversation as well. Yeah, and I think you can only do that because you are a surrendered vessel, because you're not chasing your own agenda, because this is not about angel, right? Like, it's not about you. And I think, again, I just keep, I just come back, keep coming back to surrender, then ask, because if that is the way that you live your life, and I believe in, in the short amount of time that I know you, I feel that that is the way that you live your life, then you can't turn it on and off like a light switch. You have to live your life that way. And so whenever you're presented with an opportunity, whether it's a criticism, right? Because you could have you could have taken that all the way to the left and turn it into an altercation that could have ended a relationship instead of being open to the possibility that this was an opportunity for you to look at things differently than you have been looking at them previously, which is what surrender allows us to do. If we have to have all the answers and it can only go our way, then it's one-sided and it's never going to be for the greater good or the highest good of everyone concerned. And so I think that that just says a lot about you because there are some other CEOs of major organizations that are doing work in other countries that would have gotten offended and burn, potentially burned a bridge and missed an opportunity to see what opportunities lie within your organization to see what you could do closer to home. Life's too short to be with the wrong people, Darnia. Yeah. Life's too short to be with the wrong people. So I don't think life's short because honestly, I, I think I'm gonna live up to 125 years, but myself, because that's my goal. Mm -hmm. That's 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 because because I, I really want to to see these eighty one million kids not be in poverty anymore. Yeah, right? I love but, that. You know, it's like every single day we're giving opportunities to partner up with people and to partner up with you know organizations and everything. Is it important to do diligence? Absolutely. It is very important to know if everybody walks their talk. It's extremely important. But again, you can do that still being in the flow. Yeah. still being surrendering and asking. Yeah. So the thing is, again, ask. Why don't you ask these difficult questions? There's a great guy that, that, that shared this story with me. There's something called a secret contract. Mm -hmm. So Ryan, you and I, we have known each other for 45 minutes, okay? And without you telling me anything or me to, telling you anything, we have a secret contract already. Right. So I expect you to do some things and you expect me to do some things, right? So in your life, you have a whole amount of secret contract with a lot of people that you never have, you have never spoken about, but you expect things from people and they, people expect from you, but you've never kind of asked, you've right. never asked, you've never had that tough conversation. So this is what's missing. Go with the flow, but ask, ask, make those difficult questions. Yeah. It's, it's for the good of everybody. Yeah, it's, yeah. That's so good, Angel. Oh my gosh. And you will go down that road, down that, down that flow of that river. I love water. I mean, I, 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 every time I, right now I don't live in, you know, surrounded by water, but every time I have lived in places surrounded by water or on the seaside, mm -hmm. I've thrived tremendously. 
like tremendously. And I really believe that water is something that we should all take into consideration, you know, as, as of how should we be reacting to the reality that is presented to us every single time. Oh, I love that. I love water. I always feel extremely close to God when I'm in, when I'm around water. Whether it's in the shower, like you had your shower moment. Totally. Definitely have had my fair share of shower moments, whether I'm, you know, sitting on a lake, I'm at the beach. If there's water, I do. I, I definitely feel an especial presence of God during those times, during those moments. This yeah. has been so good. I really don't want our time to end, Angel. <laughs> this has been Same here. so juicy good. We're going to have to have you back. You had so many great things we could have talked about today. So we'll have to have another conversation and we can make that one maybe more about business. You tell um, me, whatever is good for you yeah. is good for me. Oh my be. gosh, that's awesome. Okay, but before I let you go, sure, I have to ask you my incredible factor wisdom <gasps> question. So no these way. are just three questions <laughs> I like to ask everybody just, right. um, just to kind of ground our time together. And so the first question is, what is your favorite quote? Mm. Always seems impossible until it's done. Oh, that's good. By Nelson Mandela. Mm -hmm. It always seems impossible until it's done. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And what's the last book you read? Um, it's uh, Angels at My Fingertips by Lorna Byrne. Lorna, L-O-R-N-A, Byron, B-Y-R-N-E. Okay. Angels at my fingertips. Okay, awesome. And then the last question is, what is one tool you swear by to grow your business? That's a great question. Probably my, probably my muse headband for meditation. Mm, okay. I love it. I love it. This has been so great. Anything you want to say in closing to the people? Yeah. I mean, what I would like to say is, hey, everybody, start building bridges. Start building bridges. Start building bridges. You know, the future is ours. We are, you know, everybody, every one of us has an incredible, you know, set of skills and talents. We can do so much all together to make this planet a better place for everybody. Needless to say, the country. So that would be my ending message. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here, Angel. I appreciate you. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. And obviously, thank you, everybody listening to us. Thank you for your patience with me. <laughs> okay. So now that the cat is out of the bag and you've heard the conversation, OMG, right? Surrender, then ask. That incredible one is the key to you unlocking next level everything. It was not my plan for our conversation to go in that direction. You heard his bio. The man is brilliant and has done lots of amazing things. I thought we were going to have a business conversation, but what happened instead was a God appointment. We had a God moment. It was a God wink for sure. And we had an opportunity to share time and space to talk about something that I think could really change the world. There were so many powerful things that Angel said during our time together, but I just keep thinking about, he's talked about this journey of introspection and how he invites the kids at Wisdom for Kids to go on a journey of introspection. And so my, my 
question for you today. I want to leave you with an opportunity to do your own journey of introspection. And through doing so and getting in touch with who you really are, offering yourself an opportunity to surrender to God in this abundant universe where we all get to live and then ask for what you most need to be who he has created you to be. I love you guys. I'll see you next time. Take care. Thank you for joining me for the Leverage Your Incredible Factor business podcast. If after listening to this episode, you know that it's time that you stop playing and praying small, you should go grab my Grow Your Business Toolkit. Based on the pillars of business optimization, this toolkit is the only resource you need to get crystal clear about what it will take to take your business to the seven-figure mark. Go grab yours today at growyourbiztoolkit.com. And if you enjoyed our time together, do yourself a favor. Head on over to iTunes, subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. Until next time, remember you deserve to scale your business, shake the planet, and fund the life you crave. Take care.